Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. You know, friends, there are so many people that have and are actively prepping for what lies ahead in these last days and also for their so-called retirement who have not even secured the blessed salvation that Christ has wrought for them. And so they don't even realize that they are going to spend eternity in the lake of fire, suffering consciously forever for having rejected the only sacrifice for their sins. And not only does this pertain to and apply to those who have never been born again, but also so many like the foolish virgins of Christ's teaching in Matthew 25, 1 through 3, who were born again in in the past, but are no longer full of the presence of God. The oil of God's presence is no longer in their lamps. They're walking in darkness. They are not ready to meet the Lord. Let's talk about it. You know, God created you in his holy image to know him. And he sent his only begotten son that while you and I were yet in sin, Jesus first loved us and came and died on that cross, was buried and raised the again from the dead to give you and I a relationship with him and the Father. In fact, when Jesus was praying, John 17, 3, he says, this is life eternal. This is the whole reason for it, for life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I want you to memorize that scripture, John 17, 3. God has a incredible, blessed, bliss-filled eternity waiting for all who will simply enjoin him in a a fellowship that requires that you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his perfect finished work on the cross one time. You see, everything on earth, every good thing must come to an end. You've heard this saying, and for the most part, it's true. Every good thing on earth must come to an end, but yet for Christ's disciples, exclusively and only good and perfect times, which only come from God, have not even begun. When they soon do, they shall never end. Every tear will be wiped away by the Lord off the faces of his beautiful remnant. There will be no more sin, no more evil, nothing negative ever. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Jesus said that he went to prepare a place for us. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Let me read some of that to you. We're going to get back to the prep. And the most important prep that you can be doing now in light of your existence in eternity, because let me tell you this right now, just as sure as you're hearing my voice, you're going to be either in the bliss of eternal glory for having chosen to love God 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Worship and obey Him. That's what love does. You don't have love for God if you don't obey Him. You're a liar. You're self-deceived. And you're as sure for hell, hypocrite, as if you were already there. That's what Scripture teaches clearly. Read the book of 1 John. Don't even dare say you love God if you're not fully obeying Him. Repent now before it's too late. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He's talking to His disciples. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And the great bridegroom, Matthew 25, 1 through 13, is preparing a place also, Revelation 19, 7 through 10, for those who choose to love him and therefore they serve him. He is preparing a place for us for the last 2,000 years. There's going to be a great banquet, Matthew 14, in eternal glory, prepared for those wise virgin believers. You know, a woman that gets engaged to a man proves that she wants to be married to that man, not just engaged, by staying faithful in her love to him all the way to the marriage, the wedding day, and also through their life to the end, till death do them part. Now, the foolish virgin believer is an adulterous hearted person who ceases, uh, well, let's say this, she begins to be entertained by the charms of other men. She has an adulterous spirit, which the book of Proverbs talks about. She is an idolater and she is not in love with the man she's engaged to. And if he's a good man, he is going to shut the door on her and it's going to be too late. And that's exactly what the foolish virgin believers of Jesus's parable of the 10 virgins there in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, which by the way, this teaching of Jesus has never, ever been more relevant than it is right now in this last hour as we look for the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming to whisk his bride away and she will be with him forever and ever. And I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. For who? For those that love him. Jesus commanded, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So many today who claim to be saved are not pressing into and bearing their hearts. I don't even know how to put that into words, but loving the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's almost like they want to borrow from him or just use Jesus to get to heaven, but they don't want to get to know him. And I believe those are going to hear the horrible words, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. No matter what you are suffering today on this earth, it doesn't matter if you were living in a desert, you had no clothes, no food, no water, whatever it is, nothing compares to the brutal, violent, wicked, horrid torment that is now and forever will be without end occurring upon the bodies, the eternal bodies of the wicked. They didn't have time for God on earth. They didn't stop and make things right with their maker, and therefore they rejected his salvation. The scripture says, how shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And that is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. It's not how you started, friend. It's how you finish. Will you finish strong in and with Christ, abiding in him, or will you choose to distance yourself from him and be swept away in the tidal wave of end times evil? And one of the best ways that Satan can usher you down the grief 
next poll to hell is to be a part of one of these many, and most of them are lukewarm apostate modern churches. You know, recently a lady called me out on whether or not I go to a church building on Sunday morning, and I asked her in return, when's the last time you led somebody to Jesus? In other words, what has that ever done for you? The way fellowship is defined among believers, so-called professing believers today, is not how Scripture defines it. Notice they want to use Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, Hebrews 3.13 and 10.25. But yet, they don't want to qualify that and let it be defined by the whole of Scripture. They've been taught to do this by the wolves that have misled them. Let's look at what fellowship really is, and that's not our main topic, but then again, it's part of what is transpiring among those who are the wise virgin saints of Christ. They are fellowshipping every day with one another through whatever means with real fellowship. And what does that consist of? Here it is, Acts 2.42, and that's part of keeping your lamp full, is fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters in Christ, not attending a church service on Sunday morning and just listening to one man speak. In most cases, not much scripture. And when it is from a Bible, it's usually from a fake news Bible, which is like a little fairy tale instead of the King James Bible, which is ridiculous. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Notice that's the word of God. Jesus gave his teachings to his apostles and they gave them to the world. And that's what we have encased in the 27 book canon of the New Testament of the Holy Bible. So first thing that they continued steadfastly in when the church was born at Pentecost, this is Acts 2.42, is the apostles' doctrine. These are the four things that what fellowship consists of. We could go a lot deeper. We've got a fellowship category on safeguardyoursoul.com. Look it up. Just go to the drop-down menu and hit F for fellowship and scroll down. There's just a plethora, a whole treasure trove of biblical truth, Christ-centered, scripture-rich biblical truth on this beautiful subject. But four simple things. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, number one, in the Word of God. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, that means abundantly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, this lady that was acting like, you know, she was holier than thou, if you will, because she went to a Sunday morning church service and was faithful to the church. A church, I wonder how many people she's giving the Word to. Well, from all indications, there's not many, if any. I'll just leave it at that. You shall know them by their fruits. So many false professors, so many counterfeits, so many who have fallen away after being saved, so many who are foolish virgin believers. Notice again, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means abundantly teaching and admonishing one another, not just sitting there listening to one man. No, you teach the word yourself. You fellowship yourself with others. You feed the flock of God. Teach the Bible, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's the great commission to go and teach all men everything I've taught you. So, and that's what true fellowship consists of, and that will be the fruit of it. People that are of God gathering together in a home, at a restaurant, whatever, it's better to be private than in a restaurant, obviously, but fellowship is still fellowship, although there's different qualities of it, obviously, but it's always going to be centered on the Holy Scriptures. By the way, let's read the King James Bible, friends. Let's get rid of the trash and read the real Bible. Go to the King James, go to the Bible versions issue category for so much of a wealth of information on this topic and an expose of today's modern fake news, false Bibles. So fellowship consists of continuing steadfastly in the 
Word of God, the Apostles' Doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread. I believe that could consist of, when you look at it biblically, taking communion together. Also, Jesus often ate with his disciples. They shared intimate time together around a table in fellowship. And number four, in prayers, not only individually, but together. And then it says that they could, verse 47, this is the end of Acts 2, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. See, true fellowship always results in people getting saved. What a concept. And notice back up a verse, verse 46. And they all, and they, continuing daily, continuing every Sunday? No, does not say that. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Now, in our day, I believe you could, this bears itself out in the book of Acts. They got kicked out of the temples eventually for the most part. So they got kicked out. Many of you listening to me have either left or been kicked out of the modern temples because they're run by wolves who have turned the place of fellowship into a den of thieves. Jesus is flipping these wicked wolves tables. Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And that's general pronunciation, I believe, of God upon most, if like 90 something percent of those who claim to have churches and to be running churches, first of all, they're 501c3s. So this sold their soul to the state and rejected the Savior as soon as they got that 501c3, because now the state tells them when, where, and what they can preach, not Jesus. And they did it all out of greed so that they could give tax receipts to the people who gave to them, which made them realize and feel like they were going to get less given to them if they couldn't give tax receipts. So they continuing daily, not weekly, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, hello, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. Let's back up another couple of verses. This is Acts 2, 42 through 47. Let's pick up in verse 43, right after the one that told us the four elements of true fellowship, the word of God, apostles, doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, not a bunch of bureaucracy run by a bunch of wolves, seminary or whatever they are, who have set up their church business. And it's nothing but a bureaucracy in most cases. And they aren't accountable and they're not preaching the pure word of God. Four elements to fellowship, apostles, doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. And this is all in preparation for eternity, not just your retirement, not just when, you know, the mark of the beast comes, you're going to need something to eat. I'm not saying those things are bad, but so many have done their prep on those things and they aren't ready to meet Jesus. We're going to read a passage here as we close here in just a minute that is going is one of the most shocking, most severe warnings in the whole Bible concerning being ready and prepping, being prepped, being ready as a wise virgin believer, continuing to have fellowship with Christ and his people daily and having your lamp full of the Holy Spirit, the virtue of heaven as a result. And fear came upon every soul. That's the result also of real fellowship. Look at the fruit of the modern church. Fear is not coming on anybody. The people gathering in these apostate fellowships, so-called, and churches don't even fear God. They'll argue with, they're not afraid of God. Jesus said, I will tell you who you are to fear. Fear him, that's the Father, who after he has killed you, is able to cast your soul and body into hell. That's the holy fear of God. He's the only one you should fear. And if you don't, you don't know him. That's Luke 12, 4 and 5. And fear came upon every soul. That was the result of true fellowship.
worship, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed. Watch this. You want to talk about real fellowship? Here's real fellowship right here. This is when you're real with God. And all that believed were together and had all things common. What does that mean? Here it is. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Do we have that today? I mean, really, look around you. You got professing Christians who can't support ministry and can't help other believers that are in need because, oh, well, they have to get this new swimming pool. I mean, that's an essential, right? Not only is that not even near being an essential, because food, water, clothing, and perhaps shelter, Matthew 6, are necessities, and that's it. Not only is a pool not essential, your own child could die in that pool. I'm not saying if you have a pool, you're in sin, but I'm just drawing a little picture here of how far we are from biblical Christianity. These believers, when the church was born at Pentecost early in this chapter, they sold their possessions. They were so full of Christ who gave his own life to buy the body of Christ back from sin to the Father. They were so much like Jesus that they sold their possessions. In other words, they liquidated stuff they didn't even need or probably weren't even using. You know, you got you got believers that have numerous, I mean, I've heard these pastors brag about their Sunday car or the Saturday cars, their weekend cars when they go on their date with their wife or just want to drive down the road in this really nice, they got numerous vehicles. Unbelievable how inconsistent all of that is. I'm not saying even if you're rich in this world that you're automatically going to hell because 1 Timothy 6 says that you that are rich, you to be ready to distribute and to lay up a foundation against the day of judgment. You better read that. Who's rich? Anybody that has everything of the basic necessities and something left over. That's who's rich. Isn't it interesting that most of the people that give are not rich in this world. They just aren't. And those people, without them, I know this ministry here would definitely not be afloat. It's interesting. So I read a comment recently where this guy said, I can't wait to reach my goals financially so that I'll have to give. He already has to give. I can tell you that. That's a big deception. God's not even going to make you faithful over more until you're faithful with what he's already given you. Parable of the Talents, Matthew 25. It's actually astounding how biblically illiterate people that have been going to church for years and decades are. They can't have a biblical conversation. They are lukewarm and getting ready to be spewed out of the mouth of Jesus Christ because they don't love him. And guess what applies to them? Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Second Corinthians 6 and also Revelation 18, 4. Come out of her, my people, lest you be destroyed with her. Spiritual Babylon. Notice they sold all their possessions and goods and parted them unto all men as every man had need. In other words, they spread the wealth. They had all things common. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people as the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, that's what happens when there's true and real fellowship. Let me encourage you to memorize right away, begin to memorize 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, which says, the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And Father, we pray right now that you would increase our faith, O God. We pray as the disciples did. We ask you right now to increase our faith, O God. And we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, O God. Put a the gift of repentance in each of our hearts, Lord, and a hunger for your righteousness, Lord, because you said they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall 
be filled. Lord, let us be like the wise virgin believers. Let us be a part of that number who is constantly full of your virtue and blessing and presence, Lord, through fellowship and obedience and loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in Jesus' name. And again, 2 Corinthians 4.18, the things which are seen are temporal, they're temporary, they're going away, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And how do we know about those things? From the Word of God. And Romans 10.17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. My friend, I want to encourage you right now to don't you ever get up in the morning again without already planning, non-negotiably, remember the cross, you're crucified with Christ, non-negotiably that you're getting in the Word to get the Word in you and you're seeking God in prayer and in praise and thanksgiving. Every morning you're spending moments, precious moments with the Lord in the prayer closet. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, but thou, when thou pray, enter into thy closet. When thy, thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. How many people want the open blessing of God on your life? Meet with him in private, and you'll be blessed with him by him publicly, and he's going to use you. Our brief lives on this earth are a mere trial run to see if we're going to choose to live peaceably, worshipfully, and obedient with our Creator forever. All who don't meet his stated conditions, boy, I tell you what, counterfeits don't like anything that has to do with conditions, personal responsibility, personal accountability. They run for the hills. I mean, a while back, I posted something on social media. I said, you got saved? Good. Stay saved. Man, you'd have thought a bomb hit. It, was, it brought all kinds of devils out of the woodworks. These vile, heretical, once saved, always saved, eternal security frauds came unglued. They don't want anything to do with the hard sayings of Jesus or obeying the one they claim saved them. They don't want anything to do with it. They want their little ticket to heaven and don't want to be bothered on earth. Well, let me guarantee you this. Jesus is going to say this to them. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, in the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Just as the devil who was Lucifer was in perfect standing with God, was irrevocably vanquished from eternal glory, so all these rebels who live in pride after Jesus saved them, they did not continue with him. They did not abide in him. They're going to be cast into the fire. Argue with it. John 15, 6. If you don't continue and abide with him to the end, you're going to be cast into the fire. We have the guarantee and promise of the Son of God on that. All who don't meet his stated conditions are rebels and will be separated as goats into the bowels of eternal damnation, forever vanquished from the earth's surface down beneath, quarantined with their father, the devil. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. Let's close here. I want to encourage you to today to be sober, beloved, be vigilant, because your adversary, that is your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if you're not being sober and vigilant and seeking God with a reckless abandonment, loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, Satan, who walketh about like roaring lion, is going to find that vacuum and he is going to devour you. First Peter 5, a just like a shark who smells blood in the water, he's coming after you. And the only way to keep yourself away from him is that you are dead and your life is hid. Love it. Hid with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 3. Also, Psalm 91, 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're going to be protected.
protected by God, but only if you do things His way. Jesus said, and here it is, the severe warning passage. Let's see what kind of prep, eternal prep we're doing, because although the prep is infinitely inferior and doesn't mean anything if you're not eternally prepping. Jesus said this in this last day's chapter, Luke 21, beginning in verse 34 through 36, and take heed to yourselves. There it is. Stop right there and think about it. Personal responsibility. I cannot seek God for you. You can't seek God for me or anyone else. The only one you are accountable for is yourself, first and foremost, I should say. And take heed to yourselves. Are you personally accountable to God? Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. What does that mean? Break it down. Overcharged means weighed down with surfeiting or overindulgence and drunkenness and cares of this life. There you go. Prep. All this prep people do and ignore the prep that is eternally effectual of being either way, whether you go to heaven or hell. What kind of prep are you doing for eternity, beloved? So many people are so caught up in their schedule. Their day begins and they're flying by the seat of their pants. Their hearts are empty. They're conflicted. They're ashamed. They're guilty because they don't put Jesus first. Jesus said, but seek ye first, 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 literally the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And I can tell you right now, by personal experience, God has never, ever not provided. And many of you know this truth way better than I do because you've walked by faith for years and you love God and you've learned to trust him. And you've learned to say with Paul, whether I have much or little, I abound. That is Philippians chapter four, verse 11. And that's in the context of being able to do all things through Christ, which strengthened him. That's verse 13. Notice what he says here as we finish this message. Philippians four, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned that whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to hunger, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Luke 21, 34, and take heed to yourselves us at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. In other words, you didn't prepare for it and it catches you off guard. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. On that note, he said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keepeth his garments. In other words, keeps them clean, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. They're not ready. Are your garments white as snow today? The only reason why they would not be is because you're not living in repentance as needed and confession of any sin that you commit. Because Revelation's clear over and over. I want you to read the book of Revelation, beloved. That doesn't mean you have to read the whole thing in one sitting. No, but read the book of Revelation. Notice chapter 19, verse 7, beginning in verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife, there's the wise virgin believers right there, hath made herself ready. See, we have to participate.
participate, any relationship requires both parties to participate or it's not a relationship. And that's why he taught that the five foolish virgins, the bridegroom being engaged to ten, five of them were shut out of the eternal bridal chamber because they did not participate. And that's what you got with so many modern day counterfeits who claim to be saved, but they have no participation in a life with Christ. She has made herself ready. His wife hath made herself ready. Personal responsibility. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the linen, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. He said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are true and the true sayings of God. And these are the true sayings of God. Notice that Paul told us that Jesus, is, who gave his life for his church, is coming back for a church. He gave himself forth, that is his church, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Is your life sanctified under the Lord today, my friend? Is it being cleansed by the washing of the water of the word? It's not if you're not in the word and obeying the word and letting it wash you in repentance, confession, and walking with the Lord in all the ways that scripture instructs you to. Verse 27, he's washing, sanctified, preparing his church that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Watch this, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and watch this, without blemish. How dare you, brother? Well, let me just preach the word even more. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Also Hebrews tells us, chapter 12, verse 14, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man, no man shall see the Lord. You want to argue with the Almighty? Go right ahead. I'm not joining you. Second Corinthians 7, 1. Having Therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all, not some, but all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Not only do we never hear teachings from the Bible, as we're reading right now, about holiness, definitely no mention of perfecting holiness. That's not even in the cards for them. Why? Because they're not preaching the word. They're not instant in season in the word and saying, thus what saith the scriptures and going by the scriptures? No, they're tickling the ears of men. And so many love to be coddled in their sins instead of called to repentance. Second Timothy 4, 2 through 4, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned on the fables, stories. They're not enduring sound doctrine. They're not holding themselves accountable to sound doctrine. Let's finish Luke 21, 34 through 36. And take heed to yourselves as at any times your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware. It's going to catch so many off guard. They're not living day by day with an eternal perspective, setting their affection on things above, but rather to setting them on things on the earth. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. Only those who are doing what? They're setting their affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. They're dead and their life is hid with Christ and God. That's the daily cross. This is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Luke 21, 35. For as a snare, as a trap, immediately shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole
whole earth. The return of Jesus is going to catch most completely off guard. And I believe that's most that claim to know him. Verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy. Uh-oh, that clearly denotes personal responsibility once again. That you may be account. Well, I got saved. Did you stay saved? Did you remain in a relationship with Jesus? He said, you got to abide. You got to endure to the end to be saved. You got to abide with him. Are you going to be cast into the fire? And it's going to be worse for you than it would have been if you'd never known the way of righteousness. This is what the scriptures teach. John 15, 6, 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. Don't even get me started on the book of Hebrews. You are a great deceiver and self-deceived and a self-serving counterfeit if you still believe this once saved, always saved, eternal security, heresy from hell. Satan is the first one who taught that. Garden of Eden, Genesis 2, 17 and 3, 4. Let's finish Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always. You show me a man's prayer life and I'll show you his life with Christ or lack thereof. The Bible says pray without ceasing. How do I do that? Do it. Just do it. Do what the scripture says. Study it in the word of God. Do it. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost so that you can pray in the spirit also. Put me on your lips or some other brothers and sisters. That's part of your prayer life. Praying that God's people will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Colossians 4.12, a man named Epaphras. Look it up. Just put in E-P-A-P because it might be hard for you to spell in the search box on safeguardyoursoul.com and that will greatly encourage you. All right, so watch ye therefore and pray always. See, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape. Be always in prayer. What is prayer? Communication with God that you may be accounted worthy to escape. It's not automatic because you got saved. You got to stay saved. It's not work salvation. It's just obeying the Savior. When did obeying Jesus ever become legalism and work salvation? It's only that in the mind, the corrupted minds of those who have perverted the grace of God and turned it into a license for sin. They don't obey him because they don't love him. It's all about them. He's not enthroned. They have enthroned themselves as a false, puny God with a small g on the throne of their own hearts. They are completely deceived. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. God bless you, friends. Thank you for allowing us to spend a few moments together. I pray that your life will be richly blessed in multiplied grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 13. Don't you just love this one? Verse 20 and 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Father, we thank you for working in everyone listening to this message, working in us, Lord, as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, working in us, but the willing to do of your good pleasure. We thank you that you continue in the good work that you begun in us. The day you saved us, Lord, and we are engaged in loving and worshiping and obeying you. And Lord, we thank you that you're perfecting that which concerns each of our lives, according to Psalm 138.8, in Jesus' name. 
Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.